Welcome to Mountain Grace, the weekly sermon from me, the Reverend John White, Rector of St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Camillus, New York. This week, we're looking at the story of the Transfiguration, Jesus' mountaintop experience with the disciples Peter, James, and John, and what that might mean for us as we begin observing the season of Lent. Our reading today comes from the Gospel of Luke in the ninth chapter. Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now, Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory in the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent, and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. So we have here in our stories today a couple of different mountaintop experiences. We have the story of, of Moses descending from the mountain carrying the tablets of the commandments, right? Like, like in the movie with Charlton Heston coming down the mountain. And we also have Jesus taking with him the disciples Peter and James and John to the top of the mountain where they too have an encounter with the divine, with, with God. And in the same way that, that Moses and his encounter, you know, he's, he's, he's altered and he's changed. His, his face, he says, shines. That it, like, it's, he's altered in his appearance somehow by cause, because of his encounter with God. As an aside, I've always wondered if Episcopalians really have taken in this lesson, and that's why everybody sits way back so that they... They don't get shiny faces if they get too close. I don't know. 
that won't happen. I stand up there all the time and my face isn't shiny. It's okay. <laughs> At any rate, so Moses has to wear the veil so that the, the, the power of God in his life is somehow hidden away because, because to see the evidence of the encounter with God is, is scary, right? And that's what the disciples encounter when they, that says they go up to the mountain with Jesus and they're, they're like half asleep and they're like stumbling around and, and it's all they can do to kind of stay awake. And Jesus has this encounter with these, with these two men who they identify as Moses and Elijah. And Moses and Elijah, of course, are two great figures in the history of the Israelites. Moses, the lawgiver that we talked about in the Old Testament today, who, who led the Israelites out of slavery and into the promised land. And of course, Elijah, who is the greatest of the prophets, who stood fast and firm for God against many of those who would see God's work undone in Israel. These two great figures are with Jesus and, and speaking of Jesus' mission and, and what he is about to accomplish in Jerusalem. And the disciples, you know, in their confused state that Peter, Peter's always this like stuff just comes out of Peter's mouth. I don't, he doesn't ever think. It just, whatever's there, it blurts it right out. And he has this sort of nonsense about, let us, let us build three dwellings, three tabernacles, three tents. And then, as he is saying this, a cloud descends upon them. And they are terrified. Jesus has taken them to the top of this mountain. They've, they've seen this encounter with, with clearly something to do with God, with Moses and Elijah and the transfiguration of Jesus himself where his normal everyday appearance has changed and so it looks as though his clothes are dazzling white and he, he sort of has a glow about him in the same way that Moses did, a sure sign of the presence of God. And it says the cloud descends upon them and they were terrified. And I think that's what happens a lot of times in the life of faith, right? We're, we're attracted by something amazing and beautiful about, about God, about Jesus, about the world that Jesus says is on offer for us. And we follow Jesus, and Jesus takes us someplace where it's like being in a cloud, where we feel unsure of ourselves, where we don't know where to step. We can't see where we should go next. We can't identify the safe place for us. Jesus takes us to a place of discomfort. And faith does this to all the time, right? When we, we follow Jesus to confront the darkness and the evil of the world, that often puts us in what feels like perilous positions, right? The ancient martyrs knew this too well. That in following Jesus, it took them to places of, of death. Now, hopefully none of us are going to become martyrs. I hope. And that seems pretty unlikely in our day and age. But I think that if we continue to follow Jesus, he will take us to places where we feel uncomfortable, where we feel unsure of what we're doing and unsure of ourselves. Jesus does this to us all the time. That's the whole point of Jesus' mission, is to break us out of our comfort zones and to see the difficulties in the world around us and to do something about it. But Jesus takes the disciples into this cloud and they're terrified, but in the midst of their terror, in this place where they feel so unsure of themselves, they hear the reassuring voice of God. This is my son, my chosen, my beloved 
hear what he has to say, listen to him. That in the midst of this scary place, they discover the comfort and the joys of God. And I think that's true in our own mission and ministry as well. That when we put ourselves in the place where we feel vulnerable, in the place where we feel uncomfortable, if we are there at Jesus' invitation, if we can set aside our fears for just a moment, our distractions, we can hear that comforting, reassuring voice of God. Now we're about to enter into the season of Lent. And generally speaking, we think of Lent as kind of a downer, right? It's, it's like a penitential season we talk about. And there's, there's fasting and days of special devotion. And we, we have to give up stuff, right? Or take on maybe something new. That's kind of a, a thing now, too. But I think Lent, it really it shouldn't be a, a downer. I mean, I've had a lot of that. I haven't been a Christian. Like, like all of you have been Christians longer than me, right? Even Luke. All of you have been Christians longer than me. But, but in my short time of following Jesus, you know, I, I've had my ups and downs with Lent. I mean, a couple years ago, I thought I was just going to give up Lent for Lent. <laughs> I had enough of that. I was going through a lot of stuff. But I think that Lent is actually an invitation to walk into that cloud, that place of unknowing, that place of, of being unsure, and that in the practices of Lent, of, of fasting and giving up things or taking on something new, it's an invitation for us to give up the nonsense, like Peter and his babbling, and to set aside things and to make space to hear that reassuring voice of God. That in the disciplines of Lent is an invitation to listen for that quiet, still voice. And so Lent is this great gift that we've been given to remind ourselves that we walk through the cloud, frankly, in a whole bunch of our life. But yet, even in the midst of that, even though we're pretty sure we're not doing this faith thing quite right, and we're not really living up to what Jesus invites us into, and we, we aren't fully embodying the people we were created to be, and we all know that, and we all, we all come up short sometimes. But in the midst of all of that, and all of the stuff we use to distract ourselves in the world, there is this great season of Lent that invites us to set that stuff aside, to not worry so much about not being the best Christians in the world and just be the best Christians that we can be and to listen, to hear that voice of God coming out of the cloud to reassure us in the, in the stuff of our life that we are beloved, that we are invited into this amazing and fantastic mission of Jesus and that we have this opportunity in doing so to be reassured by God and to experience joy, the joy of faith. And the joy of faith isn't, isn't like, you know, a big party, but it's this deep-seated contentment that lies within ourselves that assures us that no matter what we go through, no matter where we find ourselves, no matter how thick or dark the cloud we may be walking in right now, we are not in that cloud alone. 
that we are loved and that there is an invitation that holds us in the midst of that that is bringing us through and that we too can be altered, transfigured by our experience there. That's why Jesus came to be just like we are, so that we can be reassured that, that the life that Jesus offers us is real and tangible, something that we can hold on to with our whole selves. And so as we enter into this season of Lent, I, I invite you this year maybe to set aside those ideas of it being a downer and seeing it instead as this wonderful invitation to re-encounter God, to remember what it was that you felt the first time that you encountered God, that whatever it was that set you off on this journey of faith, to recall your first love, maybe, of God, and to hold it fast and remember that it is true. It's not let the distractions of the world take you off of that path. Amen.